Hey guys, welcome to You Chat Too Much podcast. This is a podcast where two international teachers, Joe and Madge, discuss various topics with the help of interesting and amazing guests each week. Enjoy the episode. Hey guys, welcome to You Chat Too Much. This is episode two of our season three and we've got a good one today. Today we're talking all about money, savings, living for the moment um, and everything in between. Um, we're going to welcome back our, uh, our other host, obviously, Majid, how are you? All right, Paul, all good? Yourself? Yeah, good stuff. Very good, very good. And then we welcome back um, somebody who's um, visitors as as before on the podcast. Uh, Glenn, how are you? Very well, sir. Hope you guys are well. Yeah, all good well here. Done, all good all here. Done, so we're changing up our uh, intros of our podcast at the minute, and we're starting with some icebreaker questions. So I'm going to throw them out at you, uh, Glenn. First question is: What would your superpower be, and why? <laughs> superpower. Yeah, uh, I mean, off, oh, okay, off the top of my head, if I had to pick two, invisibility and flying, I'll probably pick flying, I think, because nice. you'd save on the commute, and yeah, it'd just be easier to get around, right? Yeah, I like it. What's your favourite breakfast food? Is that for me? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm quite basic, right? I, I like I like eggs. It's anything with eggs, to be honest. Anything with eggs. Nice, scrambled? Nice. Yeah, I take scrambled. I take shakshuka, Middle Eastern style. I take uh, poached, anything, really. Eggs, 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 you heard him. Have you heard him? Uh, you, you think you'd go from <laughs> scrambled to boiled? He's going to scramble to shakshuka. <laughs> Big You're asking there. me what my favourite breakfast <laughs> is. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Uh, and final question, final icebreaker question. Which celebrity would you like to meet and why? What's your number one celeb? I'd like to meet. I'm not, I must be honest, guys. I'm not really, I've never really been into celebrities as like a fame thing. I've seen quite a few and I don't, it doesn't really do it for me in that way. But if I had to pick someone to have a conversation with, and I mean, it depends if I wanted to sit down a dialogue or just go for a beer. Uh... I think go for a beer with who's the guy that's in Wedding Crushers? No, the big lad. He's the main character in it. Yeah, I Vince, Vince, going, Vince, Vaughan. Uh, Vince Vaughan. Vince Vaughan. I wouldn't mind going for a drink for him. Uh, you know, I wouldn't mind going for Brad Pitt, Matt Damon. If you're talking oh, yeah. celebrity celebrities, but uh, I probably wouldn't pick someone like that. I'd probably pick someone if you know. I'd, I'd like to meet someone like Bob Marley or you know someone oh, more yeah. in that vein. Uh, Nelson Mandela, that sort of aim would more interest me than Vince Form, but I'm sure they'd be equally as fun, right? Yeah, <laughs> completely, completely different brackets, I'm sure, but yeah. yeah, it would be fun for sure. All right, so this um, this question for today, and um, we start all of our new season three with a question, Glenn, and the question that we want to kind of address today is: Should we live more in the moment or save for the future? Madge, what's uh, what's your initial response to it? Is it uh, is it? Do you have to answer either or? or do you, can you sit on the fence on this one? 
No, I mean, you can always sit on the fence and be boring, or, or you can have a decision either yeah. way. Big talk, yeah, big talk. <laughs> um, I would I would always favour live more in the moment than save for the future. But I would now I would now put it on like a percentage. I would probably say like yeah. if you had an option to do both, I would probably go like 70, 80% live for the moment and probably 20% save for the future. But I think with different phases of life i think that number changes so i think since i've had kids i'm definitely more conscious of saving for the future but before i had kids that was wasn't at all so yeah i like it glenn i'm going to come to you first with a question and i want to kind of take it back to like your first initial memory of like money like when you were a kid um or I mean, you might not have necessarily been a kid, but when what was your first experience of the idea of like money, saving, what money was actually used for, what you wanted it for? What was your first experience? Um, first experience of money was, um, well, I, know, I knew we didn't have very much of it as a family. That was the first thing because they spoke about it quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't really realise uh, some of the problems of not having much money money because you're a child but I guess like the first time I started to realize that money my granddad I remember it to this day he gave his pocket money once a week on a Friday uh, me and my brother used to get one pound 25 a week which seems like it's just kind of showing my age a little bit maybe because I'm sure pocket money's a bit more than that now but we used to get out on a Friday and that was a big amount of money for a I don't know nine ten year old I guess yeah and that was it that was my first like what can I get with one pound 25 <laughs> like it. What was the first thing you wanted to get? Can you remember what the first uh, well, as, thing you as wanted? As a kid, right, you don't really have aspirations to buy like big things as such. So we used to go shopping with my granddad. So we used to stay at my granddad's on a Friday and then take, go to Tesco's uh, to do their weekly shop because, you know, um, we'd go along and I'd buy a bottle of lemonade. Uh, and there used to be like chocolates back in the day that had animals on them and it used to come as a six pack. I'd buy something like that and then something else and me and my brother would watch like i mean this is showing my age cheers golden girls roseanne but it was like friday night <laughs> telly on a, and i think we had a black and white telly there i say it when, when, when this was on so we that's what we brought we didn't really have like any idea we were like nine and ten so i didn't really know like there was other things out there to buy yeah yeah, yeah. madge mm. what about you what's your first experience of like money and did mm. you want to save it or did you want to spend it no, I would say in uh, probably secondary school when I used to get like um, money to go to school, I'd probably save like a yeah. quid a day. So I'd, I think I used to get like four or five quid a day because I had to pay, get the buses and pay for my lunch and stuff. And yeah. then after that, whatever was left, I just put it into like, like my little money box, a uh, little uh, telephone box, money box. I used to save like a quid or two quid, quid 50, whatever I had left for the day. And then I just used to, um, yeah, I just used to save it like and i think the first thing i probably bought was probably like a football or something what what was it like because that's the interesting bit like where's the mindset there to like suddenly start saving your money mm. like what 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 was the process there to be like like you never I get assume it. you well you so never... you were getting that four pounds at what yeah. high school or primary school because you in, in like we never had money so the only time you your mum and dad would buy something is like when it's eid that's like when you get mm -hmm. your new clothes or if we needed something, then we'd get it. But we never get anything from our own choice. So by saving some money, 
you had your own choice, didn't you? Within reason. So you had a little bit of power of what you wanted to buy, but you can never buy like the football boots that the kids were buying in school at the moment. Dad, you know, that sort of thing. But if you wanted to buy football boots, you'd have to buy it with your own money. If you want to buy your own football, you'd have to buy it with your own money, that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. I think that's where it came from. But a lot of the times I got stung because my dad's a taxi driver and he never had change. So he used to take my change and never used to give me money back. So <laughs> that's how I, I learned about money. Yeah. You're that smart, I'll tell you. Dumb dumb He's the one who gives me money and then takes it. I think I think for me like my first experience of like earning money was like as like an allowance like I suppose it's like pocket money but I remember like uh there was like jobs in the house that like I mm. had to do to get this like 10 pounds a month or something like that and I mm. used to think that was like huge but you know dad would be religious at being like you know you've got to empty the dishwasher at least like five times and then you've got to do this and this and this there was just like and and I feel like something that my um, dad has always done, and I, I always like think about this. And even up till now, if I would if I would ever need to have him loan me any money or anything like that, he would always write it down and kind of have me like sign it, or would have me agree to things. You know, he's very much like you. Could, from an early age, I I kind of understood that if you wanted to borrow money, if you wanted to ask for something or have money it wasn't just like given to you. It was like you had to kind of work for it or you had to make sure that you had a certain amount of payments back every month or, you know, something like that. So that, I feel like that was my first, first kind of experience. I mean, what surprises, you say, me, what, what surprises me there is that Glenn had a black and white TV. I had a, I had a telephone box, money box, and you had a dishwasher when you were growing up, mate. What's <laughs> <laughs> Don't well, relate to your well, old you know dishwasher. what? You know what? You know what? You know what? You know what? I'm here. When he said dishwasher, You're like nineties, in the nineties, had a dishwasher. I didn't see, we didn't see a dishwasher until like, my mum had like, eventually moved. Like that was like I was probably 27 by the time we had a dishwasher. I, but... I saw a dishwasher like four or five years ago. That's the first time I see it. I never yeah. used it. Joe, Joe's obviously it. like what we, yeah. we call middle. Joe's probably middle class way before yeah, we pushing were pushing it. Pushing <laughs> it. Uh, of course, he's middle class. Slated. Dad's, dad's making him sign contracts when he's 12 of course in middle class <laughs> yeah that, I, I did I, but you know some of that you guys learned uh it seems to, you know like the first recognition i think that like when i was thinking about money and like that was my very first recognition but the first part i think joe touched and this is like i got a paper round uh, uh at yeah. the local shop and i was earning you know what there was three rounds and there was like an, a, a really long round a middle round and a short round and the, i did the short round but then i what I, I realized is i could do the short round and the long round if i got up like half an hour early or an hour early um and i remember earning like 30 quid a week which for like a oh, 15 yeah. year old that's, that's a lot yeah, yeah that's yeah. decent right that's, and i was at school and then you know so not to, you know and i was linking it back to you man she's like when i started going to school obviously you have to buy your, your weekly monthly bus pass and uh, you know, dare I say it, it was a little bit of, I don't know what you call it, but we used to play this game where you'd like, well, shouldn't say this really, but we were gambling at 15. We used to say up the wall. Yeah, tinks. tinks I don't know what you yeah. want to call it. We, call it, tinks, we, call it, we, used, to, we used to call it up the wall. And uh, so I'd kind of do a bit of that, but yeah, 30 quid a week back then. Yeah, that was, that was decent. And that's when I realised, well, I could buy some additional things. Because like to your point, I never had the Nike Airs or the, you know, the, the time of the feelers. That were, were popular just that yeah, one yeah. thing for me mm. i remember my friend so when was... we used to go to school he used to he used to get his pocket money and he used to buy cigarettes with him 
and then he used to sell them in school for 20p or five. Yeah. And yeah, he'd, he'd, yeah, only yeah. Make, he'd only make like, a, he'd only make like one, two pound. I think he'd buy the box for three pound. And, and by the time he sold his cigarettes, he'd make like four to five pound. And then he'd reinvest it. And when it, when it came to like bonfire now, he'd be selling like fireworks as well. I remember it going off in school and he got expelled for it. <laughs> hustler. <laughs> so he, got, he was making yeah, it. Yeah, but, hustling, but, right? But, they, but that's the business, isn't it? Like they, they, that some people. He was in a very similar situation to me as well, like at home and stuff. So he just he just made money from that way. I remember we had a we had a couple of kids in in my school where one of them, which I think we've seen loads of times before, is like selling sweets. So you'd buy those like massive multi packs, and then would sell the sweets. And kids in school would just be they'd they'd buy them for like you know pound, but he's only buying them for like ten p. It can't be ten p when you're buying them from Waitrose, mate. No chance. <laughs> they weren't from waitress. <laughs> but I tell you this, this other guy, I always remember, um, his name was John. Uh, I can't remember his last name. And I think he's still doing pretty well for himself now. But even back in the day, we were in maybe like year eight, year nine. He was buying uh, either like CDs or DVDs from China and selling them. But he was doing like, and I only learned about this recently, he was doing like drop shipping online and this was like very, very early on. And like, Glenn, you know what drop shipping is when you kind of buy it from a supplier and, and it never actually comes to you. It then instantly is sold straight away to somebody else. But you're like the middleman type thing yeah, and taking yeah, yeah. all the money. And I remember like at the time, didn't really understand what he was doing. It was only later when I was like, God, he must have been making money as well in school. But that mm -hmm. type of mentality, like I... I wouldn't ever have any idea how to even start there and like an understanding of money. So I just want to bring it back to our original question because I realized that you guys never answered the question. So we'll start with Glenn. Should we live more in the uh, moment or save for the future? No, I think I'm going to, I think this is the, the ultimate financial conundrum, right? That everyone faces in life. And I think I'm going to, much a bit like you, I'm going to sit on the fence and say, it depends. You need to do both, right? And I think um, we'll probably get into this in a little bit more detail, but I think it depends on age, lifestyle choices, where you're at, kids, so on, right? So I think you need to do both. I don't think you can do one. If if you had to do much. one, if you only had to do one, so you had enough money to do one, in the situation well, that you're in now. Well, I mean, I'm in a, you know, I can say that, you know, most people would probably say Glenn's in a good financial situation, right? Most people that I mean, yeah. but would I, do I choose to live in the moment? No, actually, I choose to think about later more than the moment. So, you know, people who know me, mm. I buy one or two nice things a year, but I don't really go out and do what I used to do when I was 26, man. You know, like, you know, I'm not balling in the clubs and, you know, buying bottles and all that sort of stuff. So I've got, mm. you know, newborn. And as you get older, you think about things slightly differently. So, you know, so I think I'm happy and comfortable that I can go out and splash. But there's no need, right? There's no need to acquire things that you don't want or don't need, not even don't want, just don't need. I think that's so a bit of that is a little bit like quite disciplined. So I don't even know if I had, like, if I had lim unlimited money, then of course you're just going to be splashing most of the time, right? But I think no one, unless you're, you know, Jeff Bezos I don't think anyone I think everyone's in the financial conundrum around when to splash and when to save and I think it's situational mm. that's my 
How about you, Joe? What do you think? What would you say? I think, uh, and not to say, not to go against what I said to you, but I think when I was younger, I definitely more um, moved towards the kind of live now for the moment. And I, I would hate to think about the money that I have spent on uh, items, um, items, experiences to some extent, um, but short-lived experiences in terms of just like going out when I was younger or buying clothes um, that like I'd hate to think about the money that I have spent. I think one thing I'd say, and, and this is something that even my parents would laugh at, is I would always try whatever items I did buy. I really enjoy like selling and reselling it. And in my head, I would be like, well, if I bought this for X amount but then I sell it one year later or six months later or three months later for the X amount, then, you know, it's worth the money type thing. Um, and I would enjoy that kind of selling aspect of it. I'd love to get better at saving, but then there are also occasions when, I, you know, I've hung around with people or I know family members or things that have spent their whole life in a very comfortable financial situation and save loads and loads and loads of money, but they're not doing, they're not doing much in, in their actual life. Um, and I always kind of think, I feel like I have a good life where I am experiencing lots of things. And if something was to come up and it's something that, yeah, I really want to do, I'd obviously make sure that I had enough money for it. But if it meant that maybe I was a little bit shorter on one month to the next month or maybe less going into the saving pot, I always would still do it. And I think that's something that, I don't know, that's like a life decision that I've made. Whether it's right or wrong, I'm not quite sure yet. One thing, uh, one thing that I would uh, ask as well then is, Madge, do you think you're good at saving? Uh, yeah, I do. I do think I'm, I'm good at saving. I've always, like I said, I think it's probably since since the school days, I've pretty much yeah. kept that same principle. I wouldn't uh, say like saving as in that I never touch that money. I mean, it always gets used, yeah. but I always put something to a side every month. Um, I think the difference with me is like uh, I had this. I'd say school. Yeah, school was like like what I said. And then university was a time when I had a lot of money because you get the student loans and you just go crazy, don't mm -hmm. you? Um, and you have your overdraft. And you just start, I had a car and within six months, I'm already flipping back down my money and waiting for the next loan and just didn't know yeah. how to handle the money. And then once you get control of that, when I look back at it now, there was so much, I was working at the same time and I had my student loan and I had like a grant as well. So I had I had more money than I needed. But are you blown it on doing silly, silly things that you do at university and stuff? So, like when I look back at that, I think I regret that time. Uh, but I think yeah. that just comes with maturity and kind of like what you're going through at the time. And but I think then after that, like from about 21 till about 28, 29, I've never really had money saved longer than a month. I was always living month to month. Um, mm -hmm. And I think only like from maybe six, six years ago. I've probably had money now where I can save a substantial amount. But what I decided to do when I is actually when I went to Egypt in 2019, not 2019, 2016, was the first time I was getting paid enough where I could 
comfortably go on holidays and do what I want to yeah. do, but also save on the side. But what mm-hmm. I decided to do was I paid my student loan back. Um, so I decided that in that three years, I'm just going to put my head down, save the money and pay all my student loan back. And that's that's mainly down to my religion as well, like you're not supposed to take interest on. Um, yeah. And I'm getting more, I was getting religious at the time and still am. So that kind of was a priority for me. And I also kind of wanted a clean slate as soon as possible. And then I can, can then kind of start on. And I'd say now, since I've been in Malaysia, um, I do put money to a side every month. Um, yeah. But kids are expensive, man. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> kids are expensive. So like, the money I want to put to a side to kind of start preparing for the future, there's all these things coming up. So it's just all this constantly spending. So I wouldn't say um, I've saved like an amount that's to one side and I've got it as a, as a rainy day sort of like uh backup. I am, I'm not like that, but um, uh, we'll talk about it later, but I have made an investment. So that yeah. is technically my savings anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Glenn, I feel like I know the, the answer to this, but would you say you're good at saving? <laughs> you're going to laugh and I'm going to completely go against everything that you might think. I'm not, I'm not actually a good saver at all. People yeah. te- definitely I saved a lot of money with that shirt, mate. I'm not even gonna everyone's gonna be wondering what sort of shirt I'm wearing now and uh it's a Tian Lewin for those those wondering (laughs) on the the podcast uh which are reasonably nice shirts but you know this one doesn't look so good um I think look I think for me I, I was a bad saver up until the age of like 28 I didn't really I think I think the more money you earn the easier it is to save so I wasn't a great saver as a kid because I, I, I spent and made up for things for things I didn't have. And yeah. I struggle to save if I don't have enough money to do all the things that I want to do. So I think I've, you know, fortunately, I, I've, I've, I earn enough like, to Maggie's point where I can do all of the things that I want to do and I can save. So I think by, by that rationale, I've got better. And I think mm-hmm. saving's a bit like uh, like going to the gym or going on a diet, you know, dare I say it, is or it's always hard at the start, but the more you, you know, you get momentum and you build that habit and, you know, you see your pot grow, you get into it a little bit more. And I feel like that's what's happened to me. I weren't really a good saver. I've just got the momentum mm. and habit and it's kind of come along and I've kept it going. And I didn't really, you know, to Maggie's point, I didn't really have any material wealth and I was in debt. I would say up until the age of 33, 34, and for people mm-hmm. on the, you know, the podcast who are wondering how old I'm, I'm 42. So I think you start to accumulate most of your wealth in your late 30s. And I think 40s to 50 is where most of it comes. Yeah. And I'm at the start of that journey. So I always kind of measure myself. I always go in line and I always look at where should I be by 40 versus the national average. You know, how much should I have in investments? How much should I have in rainy day funds and so on? So I kind of keep track of it that way. So what have you learned from that then when, you, when you're doing that research? Uh, well, you've realized that, you know, firstly, you always think you're in a worse off position than everyone else. And actually, you know, I, I, you know, I can safely say that I feel like, you know, versus the struggles that my mum and dad had, I feel like I'm in a certainly in a better position and I'm very fortunate. Um, uh, I think more so I've learned from that is where people are holding their wealth. So, you know, you've got different types of wealth, right? And I think, you know, most of the wealth in the UK is held in pensions uh, or housing. Very, you know, depending on your demographic, a lot of people don't hold their wealth, you know, like 
financial wealth in the bank, cash, uh, or personal wealth in terms of like assets. So I think um, I've learned that I need to distribute a little bit. But you know, again, it's over the years, right? It's easy to say to someone, save twenty percent of your salary. But if they're mm. already, if, if their living costs and their current lifestyle is already over their salary, then that's a it's almost a, not a horrible thing to say, but it's like, you know, you need to assess your lifestyle and where you're at and what you want. And so that's what I've learned from that, that I'm in a good position. I've distributed my wealth quite well. And I think, yeah, that's it really. I, th- I think the point you make there about your lifestyle as well, because I, you know, you see a lot of these things online about like saving and, and how to save more money. Um, and this kind of leads on to a question um, question later that I want to ask about, you know, kind of how, you, how your view of saving has changed. But a lot of the time they talk about how there's so many ways that you can actually kind of um, gain more money, should I say, from your paycheck. So things like um, tracking your money. So seeing where your money actually goes, which is surpri- is so easy. And I know like, Glenn, you love a, a spreadsheet, but like, just to understand, like, oh, oh God, I actually spend like four hundred pounds a month on whatever, you know, whether it's like food bills, and you realise, God, I could actually get that a lot cheaper. Um, things like researching other other providers for like your bills, and I know that's something like something I got from my dad in terms of he would he'd buy he'd arrange for like you know a car hire or something. And he would always like each week just have another look and see if they had any other deals. And if so, he would he would have bought the one that was like able to be cancelled. And then he would go back and cancel it and rebook the cheaper option, just because you know that's ways of just saving money. Um, yeah. And things like eating out less, avoiding credit cards because of or or using credit cards to pay bills for for bonuses or avoiding them to. Uh, um, with the interest rates. One thing I did research though is to save a million pa- a million pounds or a million dollars, this is actually a million dollars for your retirement. At the age of 20, all you'd need to do is save two pounds a day um, or a monthly saving of 61 pounds, $61. Compound interest, something like yeah. that. Right? Yeah. And I think that's, that's probably leading me on to like, uh, a question I asked Magis first is what advice would you have wanted or or maybe you got but you didn't listen to when you were young regarding money that you wish you had maybe installed instilled in your life earlier than now or done from young um, to be honest like I never got any advice and mm. I never really had a role model to work from when it came to money because I'm I am basically one of the oldest in my family in regards to my cousins. I think I'm one of the first ones to go to university and kind of like have a professional job. So Mm. like earn in that bracket. So there's no one to kind of talk to you about like, this is what's going to happen. This is how your salary is going to work out. This is what you should be doing. And this is what, what the only thing you would get really is like the cultural expectations of um, get married, buy a Mm -hmm. house, get a car, get a stable job, try to find a government job. You know, that's the sort of thing you that everyone would kind of push towards. Um, mm-hmm. Especially like with most of my family or my mum my and dad being immigrants. So 
they they want us to have that stability. I think, like I said to you earlier, like the only time I regret with my money is is in my university days. Um, and my mindset when I was at university was completely different to where I am now. So, and even my, I've said this before, my whole experience at university, I wish I did it different. I wish I had my mature head now going into mm-hmm. university. And that could have potentially happened by just maybe taking a year out before I went in there and just kind of growing up a little bit before I went in. And I think if I approached university with a bit more mature head, I would have saved money. And then, like mm-hmm. I said to you, I think when I went for my travel year, after university i could never and afford gap yard i could never afforded it beforehand but if i did have the opportunity to do that i think that would have made me grow up straight, straight away i would yeah. then have saved all my money uh, and do less of the social events and i would have had a different priority and i would have used my summer breaks to go and do more traveling mm-hmm. um so yeah no there's no real no real advice um, I would like to say one thing though about what something similar, something about what your guy said was that when when I look at um, the, the things that you can do to save money now, right? Because I'm yeah. not 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 seeing like sob story, but I've not had money for a long, long, long time, right? And I'd say in the past five years I've had money, and I'm sick and tired of living the month to month sort of kind of watching out for my money so now like the idea of writing down everything that i'm spending the idea of trying to walk three miles to save a penny on a tin of beans as they say up in the north you know so that idea now like it's gone past me now because i don't i've kind of done lived that life for a long long time and i know within myself and i trust myself in the sense that i don't spend on anything stupid i'm not a materialistic person in the sense like clothes and stuff like that I will always buy what I need. There are always times when I want when I want to buy things that I want, but I'll calm myself down and realize I don't need to spend that money. And then I would rather use that money for something else. And I know that when I need something, like for example, I will always go and buy like a, a, an iPhone, a top brand phone, a top brand laptop. I'll always buy like top brand earphones, trainers, that sort of thing, because I know they're worth the value for me. Like I wouldn't buy anything that I'm not going to use. So I already trust myself in that. And then even like now with the kids, each month is different. You know, sometimes they have vaccinations. Sometimes you need to buy their clothes. Sometimes there's just things that you need to buy insurance that month and it just doesn't work out. I'm very comfortable in knowing that this month I spent a lot of money. I love less savings, but yeah, I've always bought what I needed to buy. It's not something that I go, oh, you know what? Maybe I should cut out my meals outside. Maybe I should not go out this, this week and, because I think I'm beyond that now. Like, I don't... It goes back to, like, basically, that's just living in the moment, isn't it, really? Um, that's, that is more living in a moment. Because you, you identify there that, you know, oh, I don't mind if I've saved a little bit less this month. Um, however, if you were more focused on, I've got to save X amount every single month, then you, you would say, oh, no, sorry, we can't go out for dinner tonight because uh, the kids got vaccinated and can't afford dinner because we need that money to save mm. so i'm going to come back to you on that point as well Madge, later um glenn what about you have you was there any advice or was there anything especially what you know now being involved in like the kind of um financial world is there anything that you wish you would have known when you were 16 18 21 
Yeah, I mean, look, if I could go back with one, you know, I'd be I'd be a billionaire. I'm not even, but I definitely would be a billionaire, right? Because I think, I think uh, for me, right, you know, you know me already, like tracking your finances like in a spreadsheet sounds a bit lame, but, you know, I've been doing that for like 13, 14 years. I mean, I've got spreadsheets going back to like 2005, sadly. And it's funny because, I, I track so many things in there. Like, so I track my, my pension, my financial wealth, my assets, and it's even my mortgages as they go down. And uh, you can see where I was in like I looked at one the other day, 2005, and I opened up this month's one because they just marked February 2022. <laughs> and it's really interesting. You can see each line go up. The spreadsheet hasn't changed. Like it's, it's hardly changed in like 15 years, but it's really yeah. funny how you see your wealth accumulate. So I think for me, just tracking your spending and I think it's, you know, one of the things that I talk about a lot with a lot of my friends in banking is that we don't teach uh, financial acronym in, in, in college or universities and even schools. So we don't talk to them about property, fine, you know, how to get mortgages, uh, physical wealth, uh, pensions. We don't talk about any of that, investments. No. And, I, and I wonder why, because it, it's so important in today's age. So I think like for me, I'd like to have learned a little bit more about that at 18 or 19. Sadly, I didn't get around to that until I was like 28, 29. And it was a little mm. bit by luck. So I think, you know, teaching that sort of stuff, massively important in schools. And we don't, we don't talk about that. I mean, I understand, you know, some of the academic stuff that you, you guys teach is important, but that stuff gets missed out. I think there's like, uh, there's there's a couple of things. There's a couple of shifts in that. Obviously, with the introduction of like economics and a few things like that in schools, however, you know it's very controlled in terms of what what they're learning. You know, it's a, a curriculum that people have created, and that's what you know about. Um, mm. The other shift, I think, which will probably produce more growth in in wealth, not even just rich people, but like proper wealth. Um, will be like the internet and the fact that people can access things so much easier. So you can learn about crypto, you can learn about NFTs and property and how to make money and all these yeah. things that like obviously you relied on, like Madge, you said about like, oh, I didn't have a role model. Well, there's so many kids now that will grow up without any type of role model, but they have like Instagram and then they're able to like learn about these things and how to make money and and they can do that with that like paper round money that they have instead of just going out and buying chocolate with it, they can invest it and they kind of can see it and see it grow and all these types of things. So I think that's definitely going to, that's going to be the massive change, isn't it? Yeah, it's a double-edged sword, right? Things like Instagram, because Instagram really, if you look at the, what are they called? The influencers, they, yeah, yeah. they're almost teaching kids to live in the moment. Mm -hmm. right there's a there's an idea that you 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 know everything comes now and you know to Maggie's point it takes a lot of hard work to accumulate wealth and save and you know I think Instagram whilst there's a load of great stuff that comes from social media I think one of the things today is is that it's all about now and the moment and you know living yeah. the dream and popping bottles and yachts and whatever that may be right so yeah. double-edged sword well that that was the point that we made on our last podcast episode last week with Aoife was about the fact that you only ever show off the good part. And it's, it's kind of like, 
you know, if you ever speak to somebody who's a professional gambler or somebody who enjoys gambling, they will always tell you what's their biggest win. And they will, and you will always speak to them about, uh, about their, you know, gambling. Oh, yeah, I won this, I won this. Instagrams like that. Yeah, Instagrams like that. You always hear about the wins, but you don't see about all of the losses and all of the, you know, oh, I lost all my money here or I've paid this amount of interest or this amount of fees. So, yeah, I completely agree. I mean, it's, it's properly a double-edged sword, but there's mm. definitely more information out there uh, yeah. than ever before. Go on, man. Yeah. How about you, Joe? You never answer a question. So what advice would you have listened to or is, would you like to receive when you were young? Um, for, for me, uh, I, I think it would have just come down to, like, being better at saving. Um, I, I definitely enjoyed spending... Um, all of the money that I ever earned in like Saturday jobs um, to the point where I would sometimes um, kind of get the money for my job um, and I worked in like a clothes shop and I would then like instantly have to pay half of it back because I've already kind of bought certain things and materialistic things which you know to some extent I've been able to sell and, and got some money back but definitely not i've definitely wasted so much uh so much money on um the materialistic things which you know at the time i enjoyed it i don't want to say i ever regretted it because i that was just a, a part of my life and it, it's a learning curve and it's uh and it was a really fun time of my life um but yeah i think about like even just and and glenn will know this like kind of like a the price of like a Ralph Lauren shirt. If I wouldn't know, mate. My shirt's terrible, <laughs> just, just for the record. <laughs> but if I had just like kind of known, oh, just not buy one that month and just save that one month, you know, and just did that every single month, well, that you'd, you'd have a load of money. But again, that's, that's me kind of living in the moment. That's like you imagine. And I was the same with university when the, when your uh, loan came in, I, I mean, it was funny actually on, on my Facebook, the only reason why I have Facebook now is, I said this on the episode last week, I just go back and delete the, the memories that I've had, all those silly statuses that you posted when you were like 15, 16, and then through university. And one popped up the other day and it said, it said uh, has, ever, has anybody else already spent their student loan? And it was like 12th of January. And, you know, you got your loan right at the start of like the term. And I'd already spent it on like, you know, a few nights out and then paying back things or whatever else. It was just, again, like you, Madge, when you get that amount of money and you're surrounded by everybody else who's just got that amount of money. And it's in your eyes, it's like free money, isn't it? You don't think about having to pay it off. Everyone says, oh, it's easy to pay off. But like, I'm still paying it off now. And it does... It does annoy me that I'm having to pay it off. Um, so I'm quite jealous, really, Matt, that you've done yours and you've paid yours off. Let's start with a good one. What's been your best investment, Madge? My only investment. Your best investment. My only investment. Um, so basically, like, uh, just had an opportunity with just a few family members. We got together, like, five of us, I think. And, um, like, my uncle's, like, in charge of... Well, not in charge but he's he's into like building and stuff so he knows about property and so we basically put some money together 
and uh, we've invested in, in some properties. Well, we invested in one, but the idea is to like build a portfolio, or just kind of flip them and put them up. Well, at the moment, we got one on rent, and then and then we've got some more money coming in, and then yeah, the idea is to just kind of accumulate bit by bit. Um, but I think the long run is um, to basically try to use that money to accumulate a bit and then try to get something for myself in cash that's going to be paid mm-hmm. out uh, and then get something on rent or I use it to buy my own house when I eventually go back to UK. So, uh, yeah, that's the only investment I have really. I like it. Glenn, what's your best investment? You can only say one. Just your best one. Was it your he's, earliest he's got one? Open his, it your first got one? open his spreadsheet up again. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, it depends, right? So in terms of like the way I would judge best investment, it's like, you know, what's what's the percentage increase, right? So I think, you know, it, it would it'd probably be with the house that I brought in when I was 27. I bought a house. I think, you know, it's gone up. It's, 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 it's doubled in value. Yeah. It's doubled in value. So it's a 100% increase. But, you know, equally, that's a big purchase where you're paying more, you're, you know, you're paying a mortgage for a long period of time. But, you know, equally, I could go, I've got some stocks that have increased by 260% in 11 months. But I don't yeah, have yeah, as yeah. much money in it. So it really depends, right? If you put a pound in and it, it increases by 260%, you're getting X. If you've got 130 grand, and it, you know, so I think of it like that. But I mean, property property in the, in the stock market i think can't really go wrong to be honest yeah, yeah i like term. it i'm not i'm not there yet like you boys i'm still just dabbling in uh in investments in uh well dabbling in stocks and and uh, a very minor small amount of uh of like crypto and stuff like that I, i'm dying to get on the property market i think that is a really good investment and i'd probably say even even though you go back and forth with like financial advice and what people suggest, I think I think um, property is definitely still one of the. What What are you the, thinking? What are you thinking like one. in the next few years, Joe? You've you've had a you've had it play around in stock and uh, yeah yeah. You're also like obviously thinking about property. What What would you think if would you double in yeah, both? Would you Would you try to put hundred percent? Yeah. yeah, and actually, I'd I'd probably say like even talking it through with Glenn. You know, I think it is important to have. Um, bits of money in different things and and kind of not have everything in one in one item or one you know investment um, because you're so reliant on that investment then doing well um, and I think like you know even when you like invest in a fund rather than an actual like individual business you know a fund is from what I know from Glenn you know it's multiple businesses that make up that fund and then you're not relying on all of them doing well they can all like 90 percent do well and one might drop off but it doesn't affect the actual o- overall amount so yeah i think i definitely will continue to um try to do a little bit of both and just continue to learn learn about them really this is the good one though what's the thing that you regretted most spending the most money on or or spending money on what's your biggest regretful purchase Glenn. I think mine's easy. I think mine's easy. I wouldn't say regret. I mean, I don't like to use the word regret, but you know, obviously, you, you guys will know this. I opened a business in Malaysia with, with some people, um, and it was COVID, the pandemic. You know, we didn't do so well, yeah. and that was a, a significant uh, hit. But you know, an MBA cost 
for 25 30 grand and that's all around really running a business day to day so there was a learning curve there that hopefully i'll take you know into the next one but uh, i would probably say you know if i was going to think about it probably that i mean i, I haven't really brought too many things that that have been a write-off or something where i've gone you know i just don't make big really big purchases in that sense so it's probably that yeah 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 that's a i mean that's a huge one i was thinking of something way less madge what about you what's your biggest i don't uh, have one biggest regretful purchase i don't think i have one i'm trying to think like i i I can go through a process with how i buy things yeah and like if i there's always like you get your wants and your needs right i always always buy what i need i never i've never bought what i wanted even up to this day um i think i will eventually when i've kind of got the financial stability or the goal that i want and it's not yeah. much but i rather all my money that i spend or save um will go towards traveling always 100 uh, yeah. and then like what i do is when i when i need something it usually starts with one and whether i need it and then i kind of sit with it for a few days or even a couple of yeah. weeks and if i still want it by the end of that one or two weeks i'll buy it so i don't have any ponder, you ponder it a little bit yeah, yeah like because then I just kind of, I kind of your first time like for example Same. right right now i'll give you an example right i want to buy a massage gun this massage gun, top of the range massage gun called theragun right <laughs> yeah, yeah it's 500 quid it's expensive man Right, I've got a two hundred ringgit. That is, one. That is expensive. That, that is, is expensive, expensive, right? But um, I'm definitely going to buy it. But it's all relative, <laughs> isn't it? It's exp- when we talk, about it, it's, it's expensive. But if it's something you love, like you know, I paid nine hundred pound for a coffee machine. People would go, "That's crazy," or it's like someone who buys a nice watch. Yeah. It depends what you're into, right? So, so somebody who's into massage guns, and I won't ask Madge what, what you're up to with it, but five hundred. No, I'll show you some of the function when you come around. <laughs> probably sounds like realistic, but it, I think it, it all depends. But yeah, I would say that's a, I would say five hundred quid is a reasonably significant purchase. In terms it is of not. It's, it's it's the most expensive one, right? But mm. I know, like, I, I get injured a lot, I know, and, and I ache a lot after the training as well. I'm getting old as well. Mm. So I know I would use that every day, every mm. single day. I'd say, for example, I got some earphones, those Bose earphones. I would say they were expensive. I never would have bought them back in the day. £200. And it's like no brain. As soon as they broke the next day, I went and bought some new ones because I had them for two, three years and I use them two, three, two, three hours a day. So things yeah. like that, even like trainers, for example, I, I have no qualms buying decent trainers. Like I won't go, I won't spend a lot of money on them, but I'd buy decent trainers because I'm in trainers all day, every day. So mm. yeah. I don't, I'm, I'm, I always kind it's of usage, through, isn't it? It's usage. Yeah. So you're talking so about like, are you going to get usage? Yeah. yeah, I don't. So I don't have anything. I don't think that I don't use like properly. Like if I, yeah, I can't think of anything. I've I've always been like that. So yeah, I don't have any solid. regrets. Sorry, sorry, Joe. Solid. I I, <laughs> I'm just laughing because I'm very impulsive. So I probably have a I've I've had a lot of uh, a lot of regretful purpose, uh, purchases and not regretful but just funny purchases, and uh, and Madge will know one which I nearly bought and he would have. Oh, he would have absolutely crushed me every day if he had seen me on this. Mate, that purchase you, that you, you bought know, this week, mate, like last week, what are you talking about? That, that thing that you put yeah. on your head? <laughs> the bucket hat's a great, oh, great purchase because I need to protect my skin. But the one that I was nearly going to get was, uh, what what was it, like 
two two and a half thousand ringgit scooter, electric scooter. <laughs> I nearly got one of those. Glenn, and it Glenn, was listen, one of those completely impulsive moments. At the time, at the time, like... at the time <laughs> he lived basically uh, two hundred meters away from the school. Two hundred meters, right? It takes him less than five minutes to walk to school, and he was like, "I'm just going to buy it for that." And then yeah, one day, I quick I would day, then get to one school. One day, I saw someone on it. And he was with me, and he had she had a helmet on, and I went, do you, "Did you see? Do you see that woman?" And he's like, "Yeah." And I said, "Do you think she looks cool?" And he just went quiet. And I think I put him <laughs> off that purchase from there. But what me and you think is cool, and Joe thinks are cool, is a cool, you know, massive difference there. You know that. You need to educate the youth, mate. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. I think. I think for me, like, it goes back to just clothes, like uh, working. I was surrounded by when I was a uh, you know eighteen to. Well, no, 16, because I got the job when I was 16 after um, I did my work experience there when I was 15, got a job as soon as when I was like a Saturday boy. And I was just surrounded by people that had loads of money and I just didn't. And it was like, you know, Norwich footballers would come in and, you know, uh, business owners, nightclub owners, all these people. And I found myself getting immersed in it. And I remember once I bought these uh, true religion jeans they were like the biggest thing. They were like the coolest item of clothing that had ever hit Norwich. And I remember we got two pairs in that were light blue and two that were dark blue. And they were, I think they were like 350 pounds. And I bought a pair and then the other three pairs was like a nightclub owner and two Norwich City players. And I genuinely thought I'd made it. I thought I'd made it. And then I remember having to pay them off because it, you know, you didn't have to pay for them like straight away. And even after my discount, I'd, I'd never spent so much money on an item of clothing or really anything, you know. And, and I remember just cool? thinking. Did you feel cool oh, when you went out of them? I think, I think for, for a good like six months, I thought I was really cool. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you don't. You don't want to be smashing it in uh, Waiter Rose anyway, in one of the L's. Well, exactly. And then exactly. I think eventually, then I realised, oh no, this isn't this isn't the way to go. But I think that's probably my biggest growth is being a little bit less impulsive. And actually, even Madge, you will agree that I suggested going out and buying a new iPhone months ago, and you were like, "What? You haven't? You still haven't bought the new iPhone?" I was like, "No." I'm gonna wait until the next one. I, my phone isn't. Oh, my, isn't I'm over bad that. And, that, that and I'm I used now. to do that. I used to be a tech like the one of the first. No, now I'm like, see, I need to. My iPhone 11 or whatever. I've, I think I've got a 12. I don't even know. Not bothered. Not interested. Yeah, but yeah. He, he tells that story. But there's other things that he bought instead of it with that one. And so <laughs> there's always there's always something else. But um, but the takeaway is is are you enjoying life? Right. You got to enjoy life at the same time. Right. You can't just sit there going look at all this money around me and then you know like my my nan used to say to me. You don't want to be the richest man in the graveyard. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because that's not fun either. <laughs> so I think there's but, back to the, the takeaways. Know, like, like, you got, like when you're, this is something that kind of, it's two things here really. Like when you were answering the question at the start, like should we live more in the moment or save for the future? You guys talked a lot about like materialistic things when you're talking about yeah. living more in the moment. When when you asked me that question, I never thought of that. Like living more in the moment was me going traveling on holidays. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So I, I never, 
like I'm, I've never had that materialistic. I mean, you can say, yeah, I'm going to buy that bloody gun, gun. But I don't see that as materialistic. I just think that that's the best quality. That look at that quality, and I think that that's going to last me ten yeah, years, yeah. and I'm going to use it every day. Same with like, I, the earphones. Yeah. I, like, I like the way you think. So the way you think is is like you're a more of a functional. See, Joe is more. There's a brand association, right? It's like for me, it's like I'm I'm very. I don't to be honest. I don't even buy into brands. It's like is is this a good product? Am I going to mm-hmm. use it? Yeah. And, you know, is it a functional product, right? So, of course, I do go into brands like anyone else. But for me, it's like, you know, the idea of spending £400 on jeans, that's yeah, like, yeah. man, I would have bashed my head hard, really mm. hard for that to I, I, st- I still put a limit to the things that I buy. Like, for example, I, this is not going to work anymore, but I used to say, like, I would never buy trainers over 70, 80 quid. And I still, to this day, I haven't bought any trainers over 70, 80 quid. But I think at some point I'm going to have to because they're so expensive now. But like it's with inflation and stuff, and like pair of jeans, I, I don't think I've got. I don't have any there's, jeans. There's a point but... of diminishing return, isn't there? Right, unless you're getting the love and the coolness from a brand, then you've got to ask yourself: Is like a, a pair of jeans a pair of jeans? And yeah, me and Jay talk about this with watches. Mm. That was a good investment. So I brought that watch, uh, and you know it, it doubled in value because it's so hard to get. Right, almost when I walked out of the shop. But a watch is an interesting functional thing because it just tells the time. Yeah, my yeah. Fitbit does it equally as good as my nice watch, mm-hmm. but I do feel the coolness from the nice watch, not the jeans. So it's just it's back to that where that's just what does it for me, yeah. and it's similar with bags. I mean, you know, there I say it, most most of my female friends get a real buzz from a real nice designer handbag, but it does nothing for me. It's just I might as well as I might as well have a ten pound rat sack. It's just it's there to carry stuff. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know what you're saying. I will. I will thing. say in, in in my defense, the brand uh, recognition of in terms of like my purchases, they they hold up. The quality of them is is better. Not always, but yeah, sometimes. Yeah. And then when I do want to then sell them afterwards, they then actually hold their worth. So if say for example, I buy a pair of you know, Armani jeans, I wear them for 12 months and I can sell them for half the price online. I mean, if do you I, feel comfortable Do you feel comfortable that someone's buying your jeans and sniffing them? I mean, that's the only people that buy my, jeans online. <laughs> i got no idea what any yeah, of that yeah, was. Not pretend, I mean, yeah. I, However, I, mean, I, mean, I, de- I definitely wouldn't be going online to buy jeans, but I'm guessing that that's a big market well, for it. It's a for huge market. The resale market of clothing and, and expensive yeah, items like, is, uh, is huge. And it is for, like, for bags, for designer bags. Many, many, many people, boys and girls, yeah, will buy so. there's designer there's leather bags, you know, which are secondhand. Because at the end of the day, if the leather is really good quality then it will last for years and some people have enough money that they want to change it all the time so Mm. you know there's but yeah i think the point you made is kind of like our summary glenn which was really nice and it was it was about like you know that question should we live more in the moment or save for the future and i I love the idea of you don't want to be the richest person in the grave i don't think we should be taking tons and tons of money away with us without actually experiencing it or um, providing providing something for um, our children if that's what we want to do. But I also really appreciate the people, and we've we made this comment on the podcast before about like people like Bill Gates. 
He's like, he doesn't work to have all this money just to give it to his kids. And he's not planning on just like leaving them loads and loads of money for them to just not need money or not have. He wants them to set up and earn their own money. So even that person who's like the wealthiest person in the world is saying, actually, I'm not just going to give all my money to the kids. Um, he's got goals, hasn't sure, he? He's, yeah. he's, he's beyond that. He's thinking about goals. I think like my takeaway from this is you need to look at, I'm going to call it like the happiness barometer. Oh, I was just going to say the same thing. I, I don't even call <laughs> that. I don't even know if there's such a thing, right? But like for me, it's like, am I happy with my lifestyle? Yeah. Am I enjoying life? Yes, no. And then it's like at the same time, you're then starting to think about your situation as you're growing older. You know, do you want to leave stuff for your kids? Do you want to learn new goals, retirement plans? Yeah. But I think for me, it all comes down to you've got to be happy. So yeah. if, if even if you're, even if you're not thinking about the future and you're just living purely in the moment, if it makes you happy, great. But I would just say whatever whatever way you go, have some balance. That's my takeaway from listening to you guys. I like it. Madge, add to Madge. that. Yeah, I was I was gonna say like when when you say living for the moment or saving for the future, I link it to happiness. So that's yeah. what I was gonna say, and it mm. goes down to my definition of happiness. If you remember, what we talked about it with Cliff, and my de- my definition of happiness was to lay to have happiness day to day, and that's kind yeah. of what my my thing is with to, with today's topic is that I'm more about living more in the moment, and like Glenn said there. The only reason I'm saving now is for the kids. Like I don't mm-hmm. have anything for myself that I want to kind of, I just want them to have more options than I did when I was at their age, because mm. I know money give options and I know money gives comfort, but I don't want to know where they're going to get spoiled or know where they're going to get more than they need. But when it comes to like stuff, when I'm thinking saving, I'm thinking about more when they go to university, if I can yeah. afford it, pay for it. So they're not going into debt. Like, that's, that's, that's the money I'm thinking. But in terms of like them making investments, I wouldn't really say I'm I'm keen on handing anything down to them. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I'm thinking right now. I, I, w- I would say I just want them to have a, a decent start to life, but maybe maybe we can do something together to help them start on yeah, the ladder yeah, sort yeah. of thing. But I would never, yeah. I don't think I would ever give it because I would personally use that money and go traveling again, get a caravan and I don't know, do something with it. You know, I would, I would always say f- for myself, like, I would have that money to the side and then the rest of the money is going to go on the now. It's going to go on what's making me happy. And I think it goes down to your definition of happy because when I'm listening to you guys and we keep talking about money and money and money, it doesn't like, it really doesn't resonate with me in terms of happiness. I said that yeah. before, haven't I? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I just kind of linked it with what I, my definition of happiness was and kind of linked it with what we said today. Yeah, I like good, it. Good stuff. Yeah. Great. How about you, Joe? I think, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, I definitely link, uh, and whether it's a bad thing or not, I don't, I'm still trying to work that out, but I definitely link, uh, money to some extent to my happiness and having more of it, uh, I feel opens up opportunities like you said. Um, but like, you know, something that I always find really interesting and especially you saw it during COVID or over COVID times as well, is like the amount of people that we're doing the the kind of selling up and living in one of those tiny homes or the mobile homes to avoid all of the kind of money and day-to-day stuff and just living for the moment. And I think there was a lot more people that probably did that. 
um, over COVID. But yeah, I, I love the idea of like linking it to happiness. I never, I never miss out on stuff. I always try and try and buy the things that I, I do want to buy. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, that kind of helps, that kind of helps me a little bit, I think. And yeah, it makes me happy. And I think that's, that's a big part of what I, I take away from this. All right, Glenn, thank you so much. We're going to end uh, with uh, some quick-fire questions at the end for you because we love questioning you. Yeah, sure, sure. Go, All go, right? go, yeah. So three questions that are coming at you now. I want a really quick answer, no babbling. All go. right. What's your favorite place of all the places you've ever traveled to? Japan. Why? Oh, I think per square foot. It beats any country for unique experiences. I, I, there's no doubt about it. And I've been to quite a few countries. I think it's just that per square foot, the most unique experience. Love it. Um, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Oh, mate, off the top of my head, I've been given lots of advice in life. Um, it ain't gonna what? matter when you're at, when, like when you're stressed and you're down. I just think you know my na- my nan always says it ain't gonna matter when you're eighty, and I think it's you can take that to a lot of things, and I think it's important. Yeah. 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 Love it. Final was, question. I'll say, what's uh, what's one thing that's on your bucket list? <sighs> what man? It's a really uh, there's nothing on my bucket list because I can again I'm quite lucky I can almost do what I would like to do but I would say uh, I'm I'm because I've had a child match and you know we we're talking about it earlier I think uh, just spending a bit more time uh, my my little one with with the with the family and meeting the grandparents because we live away so I think for me it's not a bucket list thing it's just more like I think that's really more a lot more important than I ever thought it would be bizarrely mm. yeah I love that Definitely. I love that priorities have started to change. Yeah. Yeah, a lot, a lot. Uh, yeah. Glenn, can I just uh, congratulate you? Because the last time you did these quick fire questions, you took about twenty minutes to answer a question. But <laughs> well, to be oh, these are these are these are complex questions, guys. You want to give your listeners the no, you've done excellent today, mate. You've done you actually superb. Did quick fire today. Well done, man. You've done okay, superb. Cool. Fantastic. Um, Glenn, thanks so much for being on the podcast again. Um, I really enjoyed today. Really enjoyed talking about money and saving and happiness and, and what it all means to us. And uh, hopefully other people can uh, can enjoy the podcast as well. Yeah, thanks, Glenn. Thanks, thanks for coming fantastic. on. Appreciate thanks. it. No worries. Appreciate it, guys. And uh, always, likewise. And see you guys soon. All right. Yeah. Take care. Cheers, Bye. buddy. Hi guys, thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, go ahead and subscribe. Share it with someone if you think they might enjoy it or if they might learn something new. If you have any comments or would like to join us on an episode, email us at youchattoomuch at gmail.com.